Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Presidential Fight Club, the show that answers the question, if all 44 presidents fought each other one-on-one, who would win? Hosted by two history professors who have too much time on their hands, Scott Rank and James Early. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the moment you have all been waiting for. Our Coliseum is littered with the battered, bruised bodies of 42 other presidents who have been eliminated, sometimes knocked out cold for our weaker members, or maybe they had a heart attack or a stroke. But after all of this fighting through the tournaments, through our regionals, we are down to our two final contenders, Teddy Roosevelt versus Dwight D. Eisenhower. Roosevelt beat Lincoln in his previous match. Eisenhower, in a very bloody, very brutal, very narrow fight, beat out George Washington, mostly thanks to his boxing experience. So we have two people that are very tough, have training that is not going to make this an easy victory for either one of them. James, tell us about Eisenhower and what he could bring to uh, a fight against Teddy Roosevelt and how he could win. All right. Ike did not have a whole lot of combat experience. In fact, I don't know that he, I don't think he had any actual experience fighting in battles. He certainly uh, commanded some major ones from afar, but he was taller than Roosevelt. He's 5'10 to Roosevelt's 5'9. That's pretty close. It's not a big difference, but. Uh, and he played football, which Roosevelt did not. We've, we've already been over all this. He was a gymnast, which Roosevelt was not. So he would have been very flexible and could have moved around quickly, probably a little bit quicker on his feet than Roosevelt. And like Roosevelt, he was a boxer. Uh, he has a bad knee, even by the time he's 35. So that may handicap him a little bit. That may cancel out that gymnastic uh, speed and some of his athleticism. But, but he can deliver the old one, too. He knows how to box. And he knows how to tackle. And he knows how to headbutt and all the other <laughs> things you do in football. you know. And he doesn't need a helmet. Uh, he can take a hit. So I think Eisenhower has an excellent chance going up against the Rough Rider. Okay, there it is. Very clean right there. Well, Roosevelt, what can I say about Roosevelt we haven't said already? He was an asthmatic child. He committed himself to boxing and toughening himself up. He, like James mentioned, was a rancher in the Badlands, went out to the Dakotas, he showed up as kind of a dude with his expensive cowboy outfit and his pocket knife that he purchased from Tiffany's. Cowboys would make fun of them, so they'd punch them and knock them out cold. 
arrested both thieves and marched them back to the sheriff over a period of 36 hours, returns from the Badlands as burly and barrel-chested, which is where we find him in his early to mid-30s. Roosevelt was a rough writer. In 1912, he was shot by a would-be assassin, but then goes on to give a 90-minute speech. As president, he loved to swim in frigid waters. We've mentioned all of those things, so all I can do is really add a couple of other things to the life of Roosevelt to round about. Now, uh, like James mentioned, he was trained in martial arts and judo or jujitsu, however you define it. But I just want to drill into what that would really mean in a fight. So he studied the same type of judo and jujitsu that the first Gracies learned in Brazil that led to this MMA dynasty. He's taught by Yamashita Yoshiaki, who's the pioneer of judo in the U.S., uh, and he learns from him during a period of March and April 1904, where he practices judo three times a week using the ground floor office in the White House as his workout space. So then for the rest of the summer, he practiced occasionally and stopped training during the elections. And there's no evidence that he trained afterwards, but this is what he knows. And to sum up what he thought of judo, he wrote a letter to his son Kermit in 1905 talking with his sparring partner named Grant, who was a... Was that, uh, was that Kermit the Frog? <laughs> yeah. I kind of wondered that. Do you know if uh, Kermit the Frog came from his son Kermit? I've never heard that <laughs> name. Only those know. two people. <laughs> yeah, it's you got to wonder about those things. Um, that'd be... If you want to punish a kid, name him Kermit today. That is rough. Sounds like a, a, a in-between episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I should research that about Kermit. Yeah, the, the frog. Oh, yeah, my, my wheels are spinning. <laughs> anyway, getting back on track here. Don't I'm trying to just... throw you off your game here. Okay. I'm trying to help out Ike. Yeah, we need to do whatever we can. Okay, so his sparring partner was named Grant, and here's what he said to his son in the letter. I still box with Grant, who has now become the champion middleweight wrestler of the U United States. So this is who Roosevelt is fighting against as president. That's not bad. Not bad at all. So yesterday afternoon, we had Professor Yamashita up here to wrestle with Grant. It was very interesting, but of course, jujitsu and our wrestling are so far apart that it is difficult to make any comparison between them. Wrestling is simply a sport with rules almost as conventional as those of tennis, while jiu-jitsu is really meant for practice in killing or disabling our adversary. In consequence, Grant did not know what to do except to put Yamashita on his back, and Yamashita was perfectly content to be on his back. Inside of a minute, Yamashita had choked Grant, and inside two minutes more, he got an elbow hold on him that would have enabled him to break his arm. So there's no question but that he could have put Grant out. So Roosevelt likes to fight as president, the middleweight champion, wrestle, middleweight wrestler of the United States, and then learns from the guy who could beat him up. Roosevelt is tough. His exploits don't end there. After his failed 1912 run for the presidency on the Bull Moose ticket, he decides to shake off the blues by going to a dangerous expedition to South America uh, to go travel along an uncharted river. The River of Doubt nearly dies and leads to health problems later on. But beyond all of Roosevelt's abilities and exploits, his training, his incredible vigor. He did all these things because he believed that being physically hardy was what would lead to greatness. James mentioned his speech, The Strenuous Life, which he gave in 1899. And he argues that strenuous effort and overcoming hardship are ideals that all Americans should embrace. And just a line from the speech is, I wish to preach that the doctrine of the strenuous life, the life of toil and effort, of labor and strife, to preach that highest form of success which comes, 
not to the man who desires mere easy peace, but to the man who does not shrink from danger, from hardship, or from bitter toil, who out of these wins the splendid ultimate triumph. And Roosevelt does. There's a famous line at the end of his life, uh, after he passes away, Vice President Thomas Marshall says that death had to take him sleeping, or if Roosevelt had been awake, there would have been a fight. So that <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So there uh, is my final bit on Teddy Roosevelt versus Dwight Eisenhower. So, James, who wins? And I'm really curious to hear how people argue the two sides. Well, this one was actually not as close as the other two that we just spoke about, the semifinal matches. Uh, you know, they were pretty evenly matched as boxers, but we talked about Ike's knee problems and and that martial arts experience on Teddy's part, plus the fact he'd actually fought in combat and, all, and his experience out in the West doing physical labor as a cowboy, that just adds up to make an unbeatable package. And so... It wasn't super duper close. People, there weren't a lot of vocal Ike supporters. The, it was very interesting. I think some of the George Washington people were saying, <laughs> "See, we told you it should have been George." But I, I think Ike was Ike would have beaten George Washington because of his boxing experience. But, but I, I you know, I'm, I'll say it again. I don't think we've ever had a physically tougher president than Theodore Roosevelt. I think Roosevelt could have gone on to be a championship boxer if he had wanted to. I think he, but he chose politics instead. So the rest is history. Uh, so Roosevelt wins. Da, 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 da. Dun, da, da, dun. You listeners, you'll see how lazy I am or not if I do in post-production clapping noises. So there I stand. I might be shooting myself in the foot later. But what can I say? I'm setting myself up for the strenuous life. So James, Roosevelt is a champion. He bursts through everyone else. He punches way to victory. That's what it means to be a great president. That's right. He 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 was one of a kind. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> well, uh, what we want to do here is we're actually going to have one more episode. We're not just going to leave you with the final fight because James and I spent countless hours studying presidents, not for their economic policy or foreign policy, but specifically thinking how well they could punch another president in the face. I'd like to think <laughs> we came away with some perspective on what does it mean to be physically tough and does that connect to being a great president? And could you be one without being weak or what is the connection? So we're going to get all artsy fartsy and high minded and muse on this in the next episode and the final episode. And we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to presidential fight club. If you'd like to download your own printable bracket sheets for each regional tournament, so you can guess how the tournament will go check out presidentialfightclub.com. We'd appreciate it if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts as well. Thanks for listening, and may you fight with the stamina of Teddy Roosevelt, the courage of George Washington, and the reach of Abraham Lincoln. The history of the Popes of Rome and Christianity reaches into nearly every aspect of history. In the History of the Papacy podcast, we step over the rope. We dive in to discover more about the people, events, and background that define the influence of the Popes of Rome and Church, not only on the West, but the world. To start listening now, go to ParthenonPodcast.com or search for History of the Papacy on your favorite podcast platform. They were some of the most powerful men who've ever lived. They waged war, forged peace, and altered the fates of billions of people. And yet, 
They were just as human, just as flawed as you and me. They were the presidents of the United States, and they are the subjects of the history podcast, This American President. In each episode of This American President, we explore how flawed men have managed this awesome responsibility. To listen now, go to ParthenonPodcast.com or search This American President on your favorite podcast platform.